Hi, and welcome to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. So glad you're with us here today. We have a very special topic here today and a very special guest. We're going to be talking about world missions, about the cause and the kingdom of Christ, particularly in the context of uh, missions in development where it changes a whole life, it changes a whole family, changes a whole community, and to some extent even changes a whole nation by digging into the full gospel, the full kingdom of God. But before we talk to our guest, Andre Stephenson, we're going to be uh, just taking two or three minutes to share a little bit of the history of our World Challenge Missions ministry. If you know about World Challenge at all, you'll know that it was started by my father, David Wilkerson. Maybe you've read The Cross and Switchblade and the work that he did in New York City with gang members. And then it began to move into work among drug addicts. Uh, That was where Teen Challenge began. And then he started traveling around the world doing uh, conferences, speaking to uh, youth. Uh, It was at a time of crisis in America and uh, hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of young people were coming to Christ in his meetings. And so he started this ministry called World Challenge, which encompasses to some degrees the drug program still, our partnership with Teen Challenge. Um, but uh, it goes beyond that into uh, teaching and preaching and podcasts like this, as well as uh, missions ministry. Uh, when people are so kind to and generous to, to give money to the ministry uh, out, out of our messaging, uh, we use large portions of that for missions. Originally, it was more of a foundation, I guess, if you will, a grant writing. Uh, we would find a good cause, a feeding program, an orphanage, and help sponsor that. And then we started starting our own ministries, started our own orphanages, our own feeding programs. After many years of seeing those feeding programs and those orphanages, we started wondering if there's a, a better way to get to the root problems of, of, a, of a culture, of a community. Uh, what were the problems that were causing uh, a, a particular locale to need an orphanage with two, three hundred uh, children in it. Uh, what would cause a perpetual need for a feeding program generation after generation? Um, what if we were able to find a way that the Holy Spirit could give us to help solve the problems of that community? And that's what our guest today uh, is involved with World Challenge Missions. And Andre Stevenson is uh, overseeing this development program. Uh, it's a partnership with another ministry called CHE. We'll talk a little bit about that as well, community health and education or community health and evangelism. But uh, first of all, just me welcome you, Andres. Glad you're here with us today. Uh, you've been with World Challenge Ministry now for how many years? Uh, it's about nine years now. About nine years. Originally, uh, you were partnering with us as we partnered with Times Square Church in New York City. Uh, and, yes, I, yeah. I, I actually came to the U.S. to work at Times Square Church uh, 20-some years ago and met my wife there and never left. And, oh, cool. Yeah. And long story short, uh, ended up at World Challenge. Yeah. yeah and you're uh, originally from? Denmark. Denmark. Okay. Yeah. And from Denmark. How old were you when you came to the U.S.? Uh, I was 21. Mm-hmm. I, I left Denmark when I was 18, when I was a missionary and uh, worked in Latin America and the Caribbean a few years. And actually, uh, as an 18-year-old, uh, I read The Cross and the Switchblade. And that is what connected me to uh, World Challenge initially, uh, reading that book, uh, because I uh, you know, I knew about the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. But you know, I'd seen some things that was a little odd and a little off uh, uh, previously. And mm-hmm. uh, But when I read The Cross and Switchblade, I saw, you know, these are lives that are really being transformed uh, by the Holy Spirit. And, and I really saw, you know, the parallel to how God works in, in the New Testament, especially. Yeah. And so that was, uh, that, that really drew me to World Challenge. Yeah. Well, just your personal devotion to missions is, is uh, noteworthy. Uh, is it, am I accurate here? When you first came here, you you were working in missions ministry with Times Square Church, but you couldn't because you were you didn't have the right paperwork. You couldn't take a salary. Is that right? And you were living on. Uh, yeah, initially, initially uh, that that was the case. So when when I came to the U.S. to work at Times Square Church, I was uh, 21, 
and uh, I'd been offered a job in the missions department at Times Square, and uh, you know they had filled out all the paperwork that I needed to bring to the embassy to get a, a worker's visa. Um, anyway, uh, I get the visa and end up uh, at Times Square Church a few days later, um, and I get brought into the office of one of the administrators, and she tells me, listen, uh, this is the wrong kind of visa. It's a 10-year tourist visa, but we can't pay you. Uh, well, at that point, I had just saved up enough money to for my plane ticket, and I think I had forty dollars left after I paid my taxi fare into New York. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, uh, but I had just been reading books of Hudson Taylor and and and, and others who uh, were living by faith. Yeah. Uh, and and at that point, you know, I was sort of stuck. Do I call my parents and ask them to buy me a ticket so I can go back home and start this process over? Uh, or or do I stay and trust God? And God really challenged me: uh, stay and and trust me. And so, you know, for the next year and a half, uh, I didn't tell anybody uh, that I couldn't get paid. That was sort of one of the things God, you know, really impressed in my heart. Just keep it to yourself and trust me. And of course, there were a few people in the office that knew just because of their administrative roles. But, um, but yeah, I, I um, end up living for a year and a half with, with, with no real income at all. I ate with the homeless when we went out and fed the homeless in wow, the street. like you couldn't wait for that ministry so you no, could eat. No, no, I, I ate the same food as them. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, it, it, was, it was such a powerful time because uh, I remember in my Bible, every time someone gave me a gift, uh, and it, it happened quite frequently during that season, um, I, I would just write down who gave it to me and, and, and what the amount was. And actually, uh, after a year and a half, um, I calculated it all up, and it turned out to be a little bit more than if it had been a salary. Pretty wow. amazing, God's faithfulness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amen. Wow, that is a good story, man. And it's a, but and, I'm, and it shows your devotion to to the cause of Christ when it comes to world missions. And uh, now that you're working full time here at World Challenge and overseeing the development branch of our missions organization, uh, the good news is you are uh, you are getting paid now. Is that correct? Or? Certainly, yes. Okay, good. Good. I want to make sure we take care of that. We don't need you to. Live by. Well, we still need you to live by faith, but maybe for other things. Uh, the right. faith of touching lives, the, yeah. the faith of building uh, gospel-centered churches and communities that are having an impact around the world. So, um, so the as I was telling a little bit of the story of World Challenge, I was telling you how we were caring for orphans or starting orphanages sometimes or feeding programs all around the world. Great things, and we still do those. We still love doing them. But we wanted to get to some of the systemic causes yeah. of poverty and. Of, of of why people are continuing to live in ways that are damaging to their you know as the Bible talks about spirit soul and body yep. in I think Second Thessalonians and so um, we started looking more at these long term solutions which is called development correct yes and exactly. so can you take a few minutes to explain the difference between uh, sheer relief or mercy ministry and what you would classify as this development or uh, some people call it transformation. Yeah. Uh, what's the, what, what are the two and what's the difference? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, so there's actually sort of three things we often look at when we're, we're teaching people around the world. There's there's relief and then we, what we call betterment and then development. Okay. Uh, and relief uh, is, is meant to be something that predominantly is short-term. Uh, you know, a good example is if there is a flood or hurricane in a place. Uh, you know, a few years ago, there was a big uh, hurricane in, in the Philippines uh, called uh, Hurricane Hunyan, I think if hmm. I remember right. Uh, and, and, and so uh, thousands of people lost their homes and uh, the ability to uh, take care of themselves. They, they, everything just flooded and disappeared. Um, and so they had nothing. And so, you know, there's, there's a sort of a short-term temporary solution that needs to be put into place when people are in that place right. where they, they can't even feed themselves that day because they've lost everything. Uh, and then, of course, in addition to that, you have 
certain parts of the population in any country who can't care for themselves, children, uh, orphans oftentimes, mm -hmm. and you have elderly widows who are unable to, to, to care for themselves who just can't uh, handle the, the heavy load of work anymore. Right. Uh, and so there's always some people that we need to care for uh, like that. But the predominant part of society in all countries are able-bodied people who, who can work. And, uh, and, and so if we come in with uh, and give them sort of perpetual relief, uh, they end up oftentimes in a spot where they become reliant on us. They go from being self-reliant. Maybe they didn't have much, but they had something. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and us coming in and replacing uh, uh, the hard work that they were putting in themselves to earn a living with free things uh, actually end up uh, causing harm to them in the long run. There's been mm -hmm. uh, both Christian and, and uh, uh, other studies uh, done to, uh, to show that. And so that is sort of what relief is. Uh, it's needed for certain groups. It's needed for short term. Uh, but in the long term, for most people, uh, development is the better option. Okay. And we at World Challenge Missions, we have the short term um, relief uh, or the, the <clears throat> maybe some long term or like uh, when, when it is with the orphans or with uh, particularly with widows, that's kind of a, a, a very large, uh, vast growing segment of the population of people we're working yes. with. Um, but then is, is that, would that be included in the second thing you said, betterment as well, or is betterment different than the crisis relief? So betterment is kind of like the in-between spot. Okay. And, and sometimes that's where we start with a new uh, partner ministry uh, that, that we meet somewhere overseas. Uh, you know, there may be a, a, a ministry there that, um, Right now, people are in some sort of crisis or post-crisis, uh, and, and we may need to come in with some outside resources to help them okay. get to a point of, of sort of normalcy. Yeah. Um, and so, so there are times that we come in, but uh, you know, the difference is in, in relief, it's usually always outsiders that come in and do things for hmm. uh, the people in need. Betterment, we changed it a little bit, so now it's them and us working together. Good. Uh, and then you have development where... It's them doing for themselves, and 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 we're sort of more along for the ride uh, to, <laughs> to to coach them, uh, and 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 you know train them and 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 help open their eyes to see uh, the things that maybe God has put in front of them that that it's just always been there and and they've not really uh, yeah. uh, realized that. Uh, there's a resource here that God can develop, whether it's inside of them or it's, it's a natural resource in their environment that they okay. haven't really fully explored yet. Yeah, I want to talk more about that in just a moment, but just just go back to to the uh, betterment for a moment. So I'm thinking of two different stories that the, the people in our ministry that work more with the relief. Yeah. Um, so here's like a woman in I think maybe Nicaragua, if I'm not Honduras. Um, getting the country wrong, but uh, I remember the story. She was uh, blind, cat severe cataract. She was probably in her late 80s. And so, you know, the, there, that's sort of, I was, we were able to help get her the doctor, uh, got her eyes where she could see again, helped her um, kind of create a new living environment for her because because she, she needs that kind of relief. Betterment might be, if I'm not mistaken, then Maybe, let's say we still have the widow ministry going, but but it's a 65-year-old, and she's in good health. Uh, right. But she's been sitting in a little shack somewhere in, in, in Central America, um, no food, no water, no clean, you know nothing to clean her clothes with. And so we partner with a local ministry church or another missions organization and help train her. Like here's a small business. Is it, would that be? Yeah, that would be example. pretty typical for betterment. I can give you an example uh, uh, of something that's happening right now in, in Burundi. Uh, in, in Burundi, we have a group of widows uh, that we've been uh, supporting for some time. Elderly women, uh, mostly, that uh, you know, uh, 
uh, don't have a lot of resources on their own and uh, maybe are up in age where there's limits to, to the physical work that they can do. Uh, and so uh, what we've done there is we, we've been supporting them. We've been building homes for some of them. Uh, but in addition to that, we've also been introducing them to this development work that we do. And, and that has brought about the realization from, from them. We don't come in and force any of this on them. We'd, we just simply introduce them to some biblical principles mm-hmm. and, and to see if there's an interest uh, uh, from their end uh, to, to put some of this to use in their own lives. And in, in this case, they've been very interested. And so uh, now uh, we have trainers that are in Burundi. Uh, that uh, go out to that community and uh, have begun to train these widows in how to start small microenterprises, you know, things like fruit stands and, and small shops uh, that with a little bit of money you can get off the ground and, and, and maybe it won't fully support them, but it might go half the way or a quarter of the way. And, and if, if that, that brings a certain sense of, of, of pride uh, uh, to these widows too, being able to uh, support themselves to a degree mm-hmm. still. Uh, and so that's sort of, uh, you know, some, some of the betterment that we're involved yeah. in right now. Yeah, I love that. And, and as we t- get into talking about the development end of things or the transformation, you know, that you're really seeing this, this thing of the sense of, of pride, the, the, a good, healthy, biblical kind of pride, yeah. a, a, a godly pride, if you could call it that, um, and, and a sense of uh, uh, faith. It'd be another way of, of putting it like we're, you know, we used to think I needed somebody to come in and save me yeah. from the outside uh, with food and water and clothes and, and um, money to help me do whatever I need to do. And now they, they're starting to believe that God could answer their prayers and yeah. and and that's where the so the long-term development then how is that different than even betterment okay so let, let me let me give you a, a biblical inst- okay. illustration first because yeah. this is something i often i often share with people Good. uh there, there's a story in uh, i think it's second kings chapter 4 verse 1 through 7 if i remember right off the top of my head uh it's where elisha uh, is encountered by a uh, a widow her husband was one of the prophets and uh you know, some debt collectors have come to take away her sons, and she, uh, she she's in a desperate situation. Um, and so she comes to Elijah, and, 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 and he says, what do you have in your house, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to pay off the, uh, the creditors? And, and she says, I have nothing. Um, but the interesting thing about the story is uh, she kind of recants after a second, mm-hmm. except this little boil, bottle of olive oil. And, 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 and that sort of is what development is in a nutshell. Uh, it is helping people who maybe are in a place in life where they think they have nothing, but in fact, God has given them something. Mm-hmm. It may not be developed. It may not be all that it can be yet, uh, but it's there. And it's helping people to realize that God has given them gifts. He's given them abilities uh, that um, may not be pu- put to full use yet, or that maybe they haven't even realized that they have that gift yet. We had a pastor uh, some years ago at a pa- at, at a uh, training we did in Congo who didn't have money for a, uh, a bus ticket to come to the training. He went out somewhere close to where he lived and started digging in the ground. It's an area quite rich in gold. And he found enough gold flakes of <laughs> dust, you know, to sell it and buy a bus ticket. Uh, and here you have this, you know, one of the absolute poorest uh, countries in the world. Uh, but in natural resources, it's the richest country in Africa. Uh, and so, so God mm-hmm. has placed this deposit in the ground that is there for the taking. Uh, but many people have not gotten to the point yet where they fully realize what God has given them. And so that is uh, a really one of the primary things of, 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 of Christian development work is to help redirect people back towards God and say, God has given you things. He's given you abilities. There's things in you that can be developed to become more than they are right now. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. I, I love that story about the the gold. That's a, you know, that's a, 
I'm going to go into my uh, little diversion here. I might get on my soapbox. It just makes me think of, you know, how faith in in a developing country is 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 like. I need this. I need a miracle to yeah. get to this place for training so that I could serve other people. Yeah. And then I think of here in America where you sort of have these weird manifestations of gold dust falling from the thing. And I just, yeah. I know that's a tangent, but it just, yeah. it, 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 it irks me, uh, to, you know, to, because it's, it's a poor testimony for re- what real faith, what re- what real miracles right. of God can do. Anyway, let's get back on track. Yep. Uh, so the development then is, it's uh, sustainable, it's long-term, it's helping them help themselves. It's um, and and so you know here's a couple of things that I've seen that, that you and your team have been able to do. Um, and this may sound strange at first, but I love telling this. Uh, you actually are to some degree closing down orphanages, and I know that sounds like well, why would you want to close down orphanages? Well, because you know if uh, if something were to happen to me and my wife, I wouldn't want my kids, my grandkids, to live in an orphanage. I'd rather them be adopted into a beautiful, loving home with some yeah. maybe a couple siblings. And so uh, development can help <coughs> uh, move uh, children into your developing of the community. Yep. And so the community is taking responsibility for itself, for its feeding, for its water, for its uh, education systems it's, and, and for its orphanages or for the elderly. And so, you know, um, my mentality coming from the West and, 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 and some good things in my heart, compassion yeah. and mercy and wanting to help. So I'll go over to those places and I want to, I kind of want to do it all. I want to build them a clinic and I want to build them a hospital and I want to build them a school and I want to build them a, a new water system, a water well or a whole system for the for surrounding communities. And, and then I feel good about myself. And I also find that it's extremely easy to raise funds for that. Uh, but when you start talking about this, where no, we're, you know, uh, it might be easy to build a water well, but we want to work with them in their community yeah. uh, to, to train them to find ways to get, uh, and, and and sometimes you find out it's like it rains enough there, you get those little they call them tippy taps, right? You yep. know that more than I do, yep. and it collects the water, and so you don't have to spend five, ten, twenty thousand dollars on a well. Uh, so there are some local ways of bringing solutions to some of these problems, but without faith and confidence and hope, and with the Western sometimes interference, mm. and we can, we, I believe, we can aid and we can help and bring the gospel in places where it's not preached. But uh, if we do what you said earlier, sort of almost disempower people and and um, hinder faith from happening, then then we're, you know, that's the book that you and your staff uh, promote quite a bit, read and promote is When Helping Hurts. But anyway, so my question for you then is um, dig a little deeper into development. So let's 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 uh, pick, picture a community. Let's go yeah. to you mentioned Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo. Yep. Take about uh, uh, 60 seconds and tell us what's happening. How how bad is the Congo right now? Uh, so the Congo is, is is really one of the hardest places in the world right now. I've tried for the last 3 years to go back uh, to see our team and and they have had an Ebola outbreak twice. Uh, they have they have COVID. Uh, there's uh, the area that we work in, uh, a region called North Kivu. They have 70 different armed groups uh, fighting it out. Seven, seven zero, uh, wow. seven zero, according to the UN. Uh, and so it's it's a very very volatile region uh, that constantly um, uh, is getting attacked from all kinds of sides. Uh, just uh, about a month ago, uh, I got a uh, a text uh, from our director in Congo, Noah. 
Um, and Noah sent me a picture of uh, one of the nearby churches uh, where one of these terrorist groups that are in the area had gone in and uh, macheted 13 people to death in the church in the during church. service, wow. including a kid and a pregnant woman. Uh, mm. And so, you know, it's not the kind of image that anyone wants to look at because yeah. it sort of scars you for life. Um, but but that's their reality. That's what they're dealing with. Uh, and so, of course, uh, in, in a place like Congo, if I can just expand a little bit more on yeah. it, uh, we went in there and there was a group of pastors um, that had invited us to come. And, uh, you know, they're living in absolute uh, despair and poverty uh, in this country. Uh, and we began to training them a little bit. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the starting point of the training, uh, there's many elements to it. But one of the elements is uh, dealing with fatalism. Uh, now what, what is fatalism? It's, it's this mindset, uh, this sort of philosophy that are built into many cultures that you, you can't change anything. Um, in, 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 in Islam, they call say, inshallah. Yeah. Uh, and it's this concept, you know, if God wills, you, you can't change anything. You're stuck in where, wherever in life that you were placed and your best bet is to stick it out and not try to change anything because you can upset the spirit world. Well, even in many countries that were predominantly are Christian nowadays, you know, it's not that many years back when they were definitely not Christians. Uh, and so that worldview has not necessarily completely been transformed uh, in, into their faiths yet. Um, and so uh, you, you run into places like, like Congo where, where, where that still is very much prevalent. Uh, and so we have a responsibility uh, 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 to, to really bring them to, to the cross uh, and, and, and help them to realize uh, from the Bible that God has given you ability to change things about yourself. You don't have to be afraid. If we're teaching you about uh, growing some kind of new type of crop that you didn't grow before, uh, you don't have to be afraid of yeah. doing that because that is often what creeps up, th this fear of doing something new because what's going to happen in the spirit realm if I do that? My parents didn't do that, and they seem to have made it 50 or 60 years in life. Uh, and, and so me trying to upset the apple cart, so to speak, mm. uh, could be dangerous. Let me stick and do the same thing my parents did. And so that's sort of the worldview um, that's that's really endemic in many parts of the world, around the world. And that's something we talk about early on in, in, in the training and teaching we do. Mm. Uh, now in Congo, uh, one of the pastors that came uh, to the, the, the trainings we did, his name is Pastor Kalima. Uh, he lives in a, uh, a town called Canteen. It's surrounded by some of these armed forces. Uh, so I've driven out there before, and there's military checkpoints along the way. And, you know, you have to kind of watch out when where you go there because there's always uh, things happening. Uh, but anyway, um, he, he received some of this training, and he went back to his church and said, uh, what could we do uh, together as a community to, to change sort of our fortune? Um, got the whole community together. They started talking and they realized we don't have a school. Uh, we would really like to open a school. And, you know, one of the things that we do is we, we don't come in with a bunch of money and says, well, great, we'll, we'll buy your school and, and build mm -hmm. it all for you. Just here's the key. Um, we, we try to because, you know, think of it, long term, that's not sustainable. At some point, we're going to leave. Mm -hmm. And 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 now they have gotten used to, well, it's the outsiders that have got provision for us. Yeah, pay for the teacher salaries. Exactly. So we need a this chemistry lab, pay for that. You know, it, and, it, exactly. and so they're not thinking yep. in their own uh, faith issues again. They're not thinking, pray this in. Um, let's let's get uh, uh, all, you know all the farmers that were helping them uh, with the production of their crops and are seeing a 50 percent increase, why don't we ask them to help 
build, you know, part of this, you know, so it's right. a whole new way of doing things. Yeah. But anyway, yep. go back to what you're saying. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so, so uh, we want these brothers and sisters to see that God is the solution to, to, to the struggles that they have. You know, we may come alongside them for, for, for a few years training and walking with them. Uh, but at some point, of course, we're going to leave and, and, and start work with a different community somewhere right. in greater need. Uh, and so uh, the, the point is to train them up to a point where, uh, they realize that, uh, they're they're going to come to God uh, for these issues, and we may be God's answer at times, uh, but at some point we're be, we're going to be gone, and and their reliance has to be on on, on God to fix uh, uh, the the issues that they have. And so, you know, case in point, uh, in that community in Congo, they ended up getting the community together, and uh, you know, although it's extremely poor, uh, I've never seen an electrical line in that town, and only one car ever. Uh, so it's a it's a really mm. you know kind of a, a really a poor place. Um, but yeah, in 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 that community. Uh, Everybody agreed to bring what they had to build the school. Someone brought a couple of, you know, these sort of metal roof tiles that they use. Others uh, agreed to go out in the forest and cut down some trees and make some mm. planks. And anyway, they built a school. Uh, today, that school has about 600 students in it. Oh, my goodness. And maybe five years after they started. And in, in addition to that, now they have built a secondary school. Uh, and the primary school was ranked in the top 5% in the country. Awesome. Uh, so it's wonderful to see. And, and all this, the teacher fees are being paid by all the parents giving something that's about a dollar a month uh, equivalent hmm. uh, to pay to pay the the fees. What did you bring to the table that helped empower them to do that themselves? Uh, well, we, we really the most important thing I think we brought to the table was for them to realize that uh, they can do this on their own. That's through uh, teaching, through training, through comp uh, seminar type formats? Yes, exactly. We, okay. we will bring uh, groups, usually maybe 20 or 30 uh, pastors and, and, and community leaders together. And we'll take through these lessons where we look at uh, how does the Bible tell us to live and what are the things that God has put in place? Uh, 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 you know the fact that we can come to God in prayer and trust that He's going to act on our behalf when we when we cry out to Him. Um, you know those are the kinds of things that we that we want to pour into people, yeah. and 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 usually uh, that brings faith in into the hearts of people, and it and they go home and they experiment. You know that was what mm -hmm. Pastor Kalima did. He experimented. It was sort of the first thing he had done. Uh, but you know, the first thing he did was a school. Well, the first thing he did was the school. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, but then from that point on, it, it it grew to something much more. And I'll I'll be very brief here on it. Uh, but after the school, they said we want to take care of the elderly in our community, hmm. and they they needed a field. They couldn't afford it, so they prayed. And uh, a little bit wealthier man in, in in the in the community said he had a large field that wasn't being used, and he agreed to lease it to them for one chicken a year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and even in Congo, you, you can't lease a, a field for a chicken a year. But uh, they got that field, and now they're growing crops on it that well, are taking care of elderly well, in the community. Yeah, with inflation, it's going up to almost two chickens. Two chi yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know now Pastor Kalima is a point where he's really believing in God to do some very big things in and through uh, mm. his church. Um, and so next he started raising up the elders in his church and training them as pastors. Uh, and last I heard, they've sent out 14 uh, husband and wife couples to start new churches mm. uh, in, in surrounding communities. Uh, and so, you know, it has grown from impacting uh, people in one community now. It has multiplied uh, to other communities. And the only reason, this is why it's so important in development not to infuse too much money from the outside. If we do that, people around the world who don't have access to money like we do realize, oh, we can't copy this. 
And so yeah. what's the point of even trying? It's, uh, not, it's it, not reproducible. In, it, exactly, in because they can't just dump $50,000 or yeah. something that we might be able to do. Um, but when it's their solutions and their ideas that are being put to use and not ours, uh, they, they do it in a manner with which they, they can afford to. Uh, and so, you know, that church has grown to, uh, uh, you know, 14 churches now, maybe more at this point. Uh, and and, and that's, that's because it's replicatable uh, and, mm -hmm. and done by them and not us. I love that. <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad you brought up that particular setting <clears throat> um, because it really shows it's kind of like a model. And not, not, it's been, you're doing this all around the world in some of the most extremely poor, impoverished places that seem hopeless and you're seeing hope rise. Yeah. And um one of the questions I think we get a lot, uh, I know when we were first doing this, even presenting it to our own board, there were some questions, and I think they're, they're valuable questions, And uh, but there's a suspicion in in the, in the Western church mm -hmm. towards things that have this, it's, it's almost like, is this just uh, welfare? Is it just social? Yeah. Is it a, the social gospel? Is it right. just helping, uh, you know, like you'll hear things like, uh, not from our board, but from from others, you'd hear things like, "Well, you know, this uh, now these kids can go to school and they can uh, have you know a little bit more clean water in their house, but they're still going to hell." You know, they. Uh, so what I hear you saying, this is a lot of churches are involved. The gospel is being preached. Churches are being planted. People are getting saved. Yep. I know in Uganda, early on when we first started doing this, the churches there had had sort of that mentality. Of it's you know it's the, within these four walls we're the chosen frozen we're the we're the holy remnant mm -hmm. and they had very little contact with the outside world yeah. and when they started going into the community and training them some something as simple as you know wash your hands after you use the bathroom uh, you know cut the mortality rate down it cut, it cut the uh, waterborne diseases down and and so the, the community became more healthy they started training them in uh, how to get better uh, crop production. And so the farmers now were like, wow, the church helped me do this. And so those people started getting curious. They started coming to the church. And I remember hearing years ago that somewhere between, don't quote me on the statistics, but, you know, like the, the least church growth was like 40%. And some of the churches had grown like 400%, mm. uh, you know, from from 50 people to, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, all brand new saved, all on fire for God, and all now reaching out to their surrounding neighbors with the gospel yes. and but but the gospel with that that love of Jesus that says well we also care your children yeah. uh, have malaria and we want to help there too and are you, you you can't send your kids there's no school within your region we and so the, this it's the compassion of Jesus the love of Jesus but through a very hands-on mentality and so I mean I think you're 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 bringing it straight home to us that this is this is biblical this is Jesus centered this is gospel centered it's Christ centered right. It's, you're yes, I, I, I certainly believe so. It, I mean, God is concerned about every part of our lives. Yeah. Uh, I think in, 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 in the West, we've actually gotten a little bit wrong. It goes all the way back to the Greeks, uh, I think, that uh, really saw a separation between the spiritual and the physical. Mm. Uh, the spiritual was a higher realm and the physical was a lower realm. Mm. Uh, well, God placed us on the earth and he told us to care for this planet. Yeah. Uh, and so he, he has put us in a place where we're stewards of, of what we have here. And, uh, and, and you know, our stewardship, uh, as with our tithing and other things, it, 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 it's not only of our money, but it's also of our health. It's of, of many different aspects of life. And so, you know, I think we have a responsibility to go in and, 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 and look at the whole person, uh, not just 
sort of nitpick the little parts that, that fit us, but, but look at the whole person because God has put solutions both in Scripture and just the wisdom that he has imparted to us in many different aspects of life. This, this morning, uh, I was sharing at our, our morning uh, staff devotions uh, and talking about uh, breaking up the fallow ground. Well, th- that's a biblical principle uh, from, from, from Exodus. Um, th- this idea of, well, you know, the, the, the ground is fallow and, and, and you have to break, uh, you know, break the ground every so often. Uh, and, and, and what you also do is you need to let, let it sit every uh, seven years. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, that's godly wisdom yeah. that's being put into uh, practical use in life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the Israelites at the time understood the uh, scientific, you know, reason <laughs> right. for, for it all. Uh, that took a lot longer probably, but, but they did understand that when they followed uh, these uh, rules and laws that God had put in place, um, it, it, it is ensured uh, that, you know, the land was able to produce for many generations to come. Mm. And, and it's doing it. You're doing this all around the world. You're doing it, as I said just a minute ago, in the roughest places, uh, Congo, South, places like South Sudan, the Middle East. Uh, Latin America, Cuba, yep. um, and we've talked a little bit about some of these nations. I want you to come back at our next episode. Uh, join me again. We're going to take a break here right now, but uh, and I want to talk about some of these nations and some of these communities you're working in. Uh, but also, you know, we love uh, the uh, God works in people's lives. The miracle, you know, in our ministry started with uh, the miracle of a guy named Nikki Cruz, a gang member. Yeah. Uh, but that hasn't ended. It wasn't like we have one story back in 19. 19- Whatever yep. uh, we we are seeing them, you know, yesterday, the day before yesterday, this week, uh, yep. miracle after miracle of lives being transformed. So I, I want you to share some of those stories. So you okay to come back again in the next episode? Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Andreas. Andreas, head of, of a development program here at World Challenge. Uh, good good job, man. I, th- I thank the Lord for the work you're doing. Well, thank you for having me, Gary. Yeah. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting.